Hey, this is Brian Golden. I am the lead pastor of Centerpoint Church, and I just want to welcome you to our podcast and thank you for taking the time to listen. And I just want to let you know if you are in the greater Tampa Bay area, we would love to have you join us at one of our gatherings. And here's the thing about Centerpoint. Our vision is really simple. We want to be an alternative to church as usual for all people. And that just means we want this to be a safe place that welcomes everybody, doesn't matter what your background is or really where you're at on your faith journey. And so if you want any more information about our gatherings, go to our website at centerpointfl.org. And then most importantly, whether you're a longtime follower of Jesus or you're just in that place of investigating faith, I really hope today's message encourages you and really helps you to find life and freedom in Jesus. All right, what's up? Uh, my name is Brian. I'm the lead pastor of Centerpoint Church and the host of Unfiltered Radio. So if you're joining us um, connected to either of those two, uh, whether it's uh, Centerpoint at centerpointfl.org or Unfiltered Radio at unfilteredradio.com, thank you for watching, listening. And I know we got a bunch of other people from all over. Um, and so I'm just glad wherever you're listening from, this is a brand new co- uh, podcast we're calling Unfiltered Talk. And um, our goal, especially right now in this season, is just to talk with some different people uh, to give insight in regard to what we're walking through, uh, not just in our area, but nationally. And um, today I have Kelly Burgess with us, and she's a really, really good friend of mine, uh, as well as my wife, Nicole. She is the founder and CEO of Burgeon Co. And I'm going to let her explain a little bit about what she does and honestly, like how that came to fruition, how you took the huge step to launch that a few years ago. And then just specifically what I want to talk about is as we're walking through COVID-19 right now and all of the implications that it has, I want to talk specifically about how you walk through leading and uh, managing um, a growing small business and how you've, this is an overused word during the season, but how you've pivoted, how you've dealt with all of the the changing dynamics in this season. So first thing I want, um, though, for you to describe, Kelly, and number one, thanks for taking the time to do this today because I know you're incredibly busy. Um, But how did you, what do you guys do at Burgeon Co? And then how did you get started? Because I just want people to get a little bit of the backstory of your company. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for having me on today. I think this is a really cool podcast that you're pushing out. Um, so a little bit of background um, is, you know, like you said, I'm the CEO of Burton Co. Marketing. So uh, we're a digital marketing agency. We work a lot in healthcare, um, which fortunately, you know, for COVID-19 has kept us extremely busy uh, right now. So, uh, you know, counting our blessings for that. Um, but yeah, so we just work a lot in the digital space of uh, helping companies really create a brand voice, um, build awareness, build community value, um, and really move past the idea that everything has to be about sell, 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 and really just implementing that value into their marketing so that they actually build trust and, and really uh, become a resource for their community. Um, so that's what we help people do. Yeah. Um, a little bit of background. Uh, it's kind of a, a crazy leap of how this whole thing started. So um, it's actually, you know, my husband and I, uh, Ryan, we had just uh, signed on our first home. And like the weekend, I had a great job in marketing. I was like leading up the the marketing department for this company and really doing well. I was uh, 26. So thought I was in a really good place in my career and uh, signed on our first home, got a mortgage, did the adult thing. And God was like, I'm going to quit your job and start an agency. 
<laughs> and it was this moment of like this soul deep, like, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've had several experiences where God just kind of breathes the truth into you. I think is the best way I can describe it, where it's just like, it's, it's as true as your next breath of, oh, this is, this is what I'm doing now. And so I, uh, we signed our mortgage and I walked in and put in my two weeks the next day and uh, had no clients lined up. And um, Ryan, bless his heart, was so supportive. <laughs> he probably thought I was crazy. Um, but anyway, in the first uh, in the first month, replaced my salary, and in the first three months, had to start hiring. Um, so since then, God has just like opened the floodgates on this thing. It's been crazy. Um, but we have you know locations here, Tampa, Nashville. We have ten people on the team. It's it's just been an incredible journey. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> So how, okay, so real quick before I move on, because this is just so interesting to me, I think other people, um, maybe they're in the place that you are right now, or maybe there's something that they're considering in regard to maybe I should do this. Uh, like it was a huge risk. Uh, I mean, everything that you just said there, like that's a huge risk, especially in your stage of life. Um, so did it feel like as big a risk then, or is it more in hindsight? Um that it feels like a big risk or did you just feel like overly confident this is what I need to do and it you know what I'm saying did it kind of mitigate some of the the feeling of that risk where it's just like I just got to do this you know it's funny um it it felt like a huge it felt like a huge risk but it wasn't scary if that makes sense so like I felt the grandeur of it um, and I certainly felt the applications because like I said, I was 26. We didn't have a savings. Like we just used all our money to put down a, a down payment on a home. We had nothing. Um, so like we definitely, we felt the the grandeur of it and the magnitude of the decision. Um, but I think it's in those moments where when it's God breathed, I, I really believe that he steps into those moments. And so you can move forward and not have to give into the fear. And that's exactly what I experienced where I understood the magnitude, but it just felt like that was exactly where I was supposed to be in life. And, and I think it was one of the most peaceful seasons I've ever experienced, despite the risk that we had walked into. Um, if that makes any sense whatsoever. No, it does totally. Experience with it. So like I think that just, so that, no, it totally makes sense. Um, and I think you maybe just answered this, but the question I was going to ask is, so how did you know um, this is what God wanted. And one of the key words you just talked about was just peace, the sense of peace. I mean, is that, is that how you answer that question? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, there's two parts to it. I think it was a, it was kind of a soul deep, um, I, I hate to use the word assignment because that's weird, but, um, you know, just this, uh, yeah. like, Hey, this is your next step moment. Um, of clarity. I think that's the, that's the word I'm really looking for there where it's just like this crystallizing, like, Oh, right. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And then in taking that step, it was just like profound peace. Mm. Um, really where I, I kept waiting for that anxiety to hit me. Um, and it just never did, you know, and, and frankly, I mean, even despite all of the things that we've been going through, even in this season, like it just hasn't hit, um, which we're very fortunate for, but yeah. I feel like whenever we get in these seasons of shakeup, it's just very peaceful. Yeah. So. Well, that's, that's huge. I think that's helpful for people that are yeah. weighing a big decision. And like, and if you're a religious person or person of faith, there's a lot of different people um, watching this right now, but that I need to do something. I need to step out. And how do you know type of thing? Um, and I've described it before as like almost like sanctified naivety. I think if that term makes sense, <laughs> where it's not that you're blind or being stupid or walking outside your competency, but there's just the, I, I just feel like I really need to do this. And so I'm going to go for it. And then it's almost in retrospect, you're like, wow, that was a huge risk. 
Oh mm. yeah, absolutely. And I almost feel in those moments, I know something that stops a lot of people is, is understanding their lack of kind of knowledge um, for what they're about to walk into. And I will say like in those moments, at least for me, I have never been more aware of my inadequacies, mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. but, it, but it doesn't stop you. Like when that's your calling, like I think that you, you become acutely aware of the areas that you are not strong in. And I think that's where you just have to lean into the promise yeah. of like, look, this is where I've called you. So I'm going to fill in those gaps. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that seeing your, your inadequacies is, is a reason to not push forward for anyone who, who may be thinking that and, and thinks maybe, you know, I just don't have what it takes. Like that's not a reason to not do it. Mm, that's so good. <laughs> um, so as you are entering this season, so like every the thing I keep saying is this is, this is one of those experience that is so shared across really across the globe. There's been other things you can maybe say are somewhat similar, but this is so unique in that let's just talk about like small business owners or people who are leading anything there's almost this shared, uh, like everybody gets it. I mean, everybody has these similar emotions. So what were your emotions? Just, you know, you're leading this company that's, what do you say? It's a year and a half old, you're a year and a half in or two years in? Oh, two and a half years in, yeah. 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 So like, what was just kind of your initial feelings as a leader of this company, knowing that every, like, you don't know how, but everything's going to change. Um, and so like, what, what were just your initial emotions? And I guess like, what was kind of your first leadership decision and trying to move forward in this when you really didn't know what the future was going to be like, and we still don't, but kind of where you were at about eight weeks ago or seven weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, I, full honesty, like initial reaction was a little bit censored for what <laughs> this podcast yeah. will be. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there was just this, this, oh my gosh, like what is happening kind of floor falling out feeling if I can just be really honest. Yeah. Um, and I think the thing about a leader is that you can't share those feelings. Right. So like mm. we understand implicitly that our team looks to us for guidance um, and so when those like, oh my God, moments hit, like there's no one to really share that with or, or to bear the burden, um, which I think is, yeah, is, it's just a difficult position that we all find ourselves in. But um, so the first thing I did was I called my leadership team together and I just said, look guys, like as transparent as I can be right now, like I am a little bit struggling with this and we need to figure out what we're doing moving forward. So um, I called in backup. Um, I realized very quickly that this was not something to lead my team through alone. And mm. if I were to make it through this, I needed to be as transparent as possible, especially in areas where I'm weak, because, you know, I'm very fortunate that my leadership team, we complement each other very well. Um, and so for the areas that I'm weak, if I wasn't going to identify that, it was going to lead a, leave a gap in how we were communicating to the team. So I just very quickly, you know, um, expressed what I was feeling, uh, um, you know, I, I waited until I wasn't in an anxious place. I waited until I was calm so that I could actually communicate what I yeah. was experiencing. I think yeah. that's important um, because, you know, at the end of the day, even though I have a leadership team, it is still, you know, kind of under my jurisdiction. So yeah. you know, from a place of being calm and not hair on fire. Um, but yeah, just really like made sure that we were all on the same page. And then honestly, we just called kind of a state of the union meeting with the team to just say, look guys, like, we know everyone has questions right now. We tried to get as ahead of it as possible, just knowing that our team would be concerned about their jobs, about really just what was happening. Yeah. Um, and we were just really transparent to say, look, like, yes, some of our clients paused, 
but most of our clients didn't. You know, we're we're fortunate to be in healthcare where um, actually the clients that we have in healthcare kind of doubled down on what they needed from us. Mm -hmm. um, so we just, you know, told everyone that we were taking it kind of week by week. Um, but we would keep up with them. And then we started implementing uh, day over day meetings, not to micromanage anyone, but just doing like quick morning check ins at 9am where the team will log on for about 15 minutes. And we just chat. Mm -hmm. um, this is, like, we don't, we just connect. Um, and it just gives our team a chance to see our leadership, see that we're not going crazy, we're not worried, we're not anything. Um, and it just kind of, I think, has helped to ease those fears. It's helped to build a closer community um, within the team, which I think has really stabilized the company yeah. internally. Um, and it's just really, I mean, as we're shifting and, and pivoting, is the, the word right now, yeah. um, as we're pivoting so quickly with our clients, it, it helps to just be able to touch base day over day so that if things do shift, we can communicate it before it becomes an issue. Yeah. Um, so just really, I don't know if that actually answered your question or if I totally derailed that. But those yeah, no, you, no, you totally did. And there's actually so much I got out of that. And that last thing I think is so smart. Just in terms of your communication, I heard um, it was Patrick Lencioni yesterday. He just came out with a new book and he made this statement. Um, great business author, if people have read any of his books. But uh, he, uh, he said, like, nobody's ever left a company because like somebody over communicated or said something too much or where yeah. they're just like you're just repeating the same stuff or the same mission and vision or there's too much communication i just have to leave um yeah. which i thought was a great <laughs> statement because as a leader you're you fear that sometimes yeah but, so i think it's what you're doing in this season is so smart um so the question i had as you were talking about that though is how did you balance because i think the way you talk about addressing your team as soon as all this is hitting and really being transparent about, okay, like there's certain answers we don't have. I mean, yeah. nobody has the answers to some of this stuff. How did you like balance the tension of wanting to be confident as a leader, knowing that you're leading people that are going to be anxious, they're going to be fearful, there's going to be questions about job and what's going to happen in the next so many weeks. So how did you like balance that? Because I think there's a fear sometimes we, we have to feel like we have it all together or we have to come up with answers even if we don't. So how did you balance the, I want to lead confidently, but I want to be transparent if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's, that's a tough question. And I think um, with my, my personality type specifically, I'm, I'm a three, so I'm like super overachiever. Um, if anyone's on the Enneagram, but I'm a, I'm a three as well. So I, I, I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so it's it's easy for, for me, at least I won't speak for you, but for me as a three, it's easy to fall into that. Um, I have to have all the answers and have all the best answers. Um, otherwise, people won't have confidence in me to lead this is, is kind of the lie that I get trapped in sometimes. Yeah. Um, and again, fortunately, I, I think one of the biggest things that, that this COVID um, issue has brought out in companies is if there are any flaws or cracks in your leadership and in your internal team, this is going to expose it. Right. And so um, fortunately, uh, and not by my own doing, our COO is very in tune with people emotionally. Um, and she's built this incredible company culture in areas where I didn't. Um, and so she, and she's built um, honestly a lot of confidence in me in areas that I've overlooked um, just because she's so in tune with people's emotions. Um, so she actually reached out to me first um, to make sure that I was okay 
before we could lead the team, she kind of like sat me down to say, okay, look, like you need to be vulnerable. This is not your moment to have all of the answers and be ridiculous. Um, and I appreciate that she did that because she brought up the point that we have to lead authentically, which is what she's always reminded me. And so um, in order to lead from a place of authenticity, right, you have to actually be confident and not just be yeah. pretending to be confident in the season. Um, so <laughs> I think that that was really helpful, but, um, you know, it, it really forced me to remember why we had built the business in the first place. Um, uh -huh. and so like, my confidence is not in my circumstances. My confidence is that God has brought this business here. And so from day one, there have always been things that have been out of my control. So whether it's, you know, a pandemic or, you know, there's just things going off the rails with the software we use, whatever it is, yeah. the point is that things can go out of my control at any moment. And frankly, I am not responsible solely for the success of the company. And so when I remember that, um, it's easier to take a grip and say, okay, well, I was never in control in the first place. So why has this changed anything, right? We're going to keep leading the way that we've always led. We're going to keep that transparent communication um, and really, I think that's what's allowed the team to follow us um, so well, because we've just been really open and honest and come from a place of authenticity. Yeah, that's so good. And that's such a great reminder for anybody in leadership of, and I, I thought about this as all this was happening. I mean, for a lot of us, it's, we have um, as much or little control as we did right before this, but we're, we're more aware of our lack of control. That's yeah. exactly right. This yeah. just it brings forward any cracks that we've had. Um, it just makes us aware of it. It doesn't mean yeah. they're new. We're just yeah, so true. <laughs> so what you're talking about in terms of like, you know, leading confidently, but being authentic, and that, that really relates to everything. So that's whether you're leading a business or honestly at home with your kids and you've got kids that are a certain age. I mean, we have, uh, you know, Brooke, who's seven, our oldest. And so she's completely at the place where she understands things. She's role playing with her toys about like she has this little city that's all in COVID lockdown. <laughs> so, so it's like they're, they're processing all of this. And, and so I think it relates to Yeah, I think it relates to a lot of different areas of where whether you're a parent, you're a business leader, you're, you know, whatever, you're trying to figure out how do I deal with my own emotions and lead others. So here's my other follow up question is, um, you had mentioned kind of pausing and before you came into all of that, yeah. getting to a place where you're not overly anxious. Not, and we understand anxiety, fear is an emotion. That's different than being controlled by it. Sure. Uh, a term I heard, and I wish I could attribute this to the right person, but I don't know who said it, but a leader coming in with a non-anxious spirit, which is mm -hmm. huge because, you know, you set the temperature for the room. Everybody's going to follow your lead. If you got an anxious leader at the table or digitally on the Zoom conference call, yeah. it's, you know, it's going to affect everybody. So how did, how have you personally managed and led yourself through this to get to that place? And I know it's not a one-time thing. It's a constant, like, <laughs> to move to a point where I'm, I'm not coming in and I do have kind of that non-anxious presence. Like, what have you done for you to get you there? Yeah. You know, I think it's that that's, it is a day-to-day -day thing. Um, I, you know, there was a, an analogy that I heard recently or read on an article and like you, I'm not going to be able to attribute it correctly, but it was basically the analogy that talked about how we communicate with our team leading up to this um, will dictate how we kind of communicate with them during this season, right? And so they use the analogy of like, before COVID, like your entire team was on a cruise ship. And so we're all up on the upper deck and you can see everything and everyone can see where we're going and we're all kind of on the same page. 
And then COVID hits and now we're all kind of in a submarine and everyone's closed in and you as the leader are the only one with access to the periscope or whatever the thing is that, yeah, yeah. that you see out. Right? And now you have to communicate where you are going to the rest of the team who can't see anything. They can only see you. Mm. And so I read that and I thought, man, that's, that alone is sobering to me as a leader, because if I am going to communicate to my team, like how would I want to be communicated to if I was in their position and all I could see was a leader? Yeah. It's just like you said, you have an anxious leader at the table. I'm going to jump ship. I'm not staying in. And so it was, that to me has been sobering enough to calm me down to say, okay, if I want this thing to succeed, then I need to be sober minded and, and calm when I come to the table and address my team because it's like you said you know we have no more or no less control than we ever have we're just more aware of it and so why am I going to give into the feelings of fear and anxiety when if I can look past my immediate feeling state I can see that there's no benefit at the end of this if I give into those feelings so why on earth would I give into those feelings right and so if we can pause long enough as leaders to just identify what we're feeling and recognize that we don't have to give into it and really see the trajectory of what those feelings lead to, then it's kind of a no-brainer to just not give into it. Yeah. Which I, and I don't mean to simplify that and, and yeah. sound uh, you know, insincere or uh, insensitive because I, I understand the grip of those feelings. I do. Yeah. They're certainly not something to just brush off. But if we can just take a moment and look past it and think through the outcomes, then it, it makes sense to just not do it. Yeah. Um, in the same way yeah. that you wouldn't make other business decisions. This is, it's the same thing. It's, it's just a business decision. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. I, I, I agree with you hundred percent is so much happening is happening at once. And, and if you're, if you're leading, it's almost like you don't really have time anyway to do that. Like you don't have time to give into that stuff. Like you're focused on, I've got to lead other people forward. And, um, but you, you're right without being trite or whatever. It's like, you, we have a choice you know, of whether we're going to lean into those. And and then if you were to add the whole component of faith, if you're not a person of faith, like you, whatever you're leaning into, but for us, it's, you know, I, it's reminding you even more, like I, I need to be focusing on, you know, times of quiet, spending time in the word, focusing on a relationship with Jesus. And I need to do that long enough to where I'm coming out of it without all of that anxiety. And sometimes that it's just that it's, I got to stay there long enough to come out to be able to lead others and kind of leave my anxiety behind type of thing. So, yeah. And I will say, I mean, community plays a huge role in this too. Um, And you and I have talked about this offline before about the importance of community, but um, especially in this season. So, you know, I've been fortunate enough to build relationships, very close relationships with other business owners and and women business owners specifically, Mm -hmm. because as much as I hate to admit that there is some, you know, different experience there between men and women and leadership, there just is in the way that we process emotions. I think that there is. Um, it's, it's important to me. There have been times during the season where I've just reached out and said, look, I just need an offline conversation. And we've yeah. set aside 30 minutes where we just will literally pour a glass of wine and just vet out both of us will just vet out all of our fears, all of our issues. And it's just, it doesn't leave the, the Zoom meeting and, and then we're done. But it's that, that uh, confidential space to just completely open up, be completely exposed with the things that I'm afraid of, have someone who understands who's walking through it with me. And then I can come back to the team and be calm. 
Um, and on the flip side of that, when I'm experiencing, you know, areas of anxiety where I don't have my people there with me to calm me down, I almost compartmentalize and say, look, I'm going to deal with this later. Like I will schedule in this anxiety Friday at 4.30 when I can yeah. talk with my person. <laughs> like yeah. I will schedule this anxiety and this breakdown and later I don't have time to deal with this that right is, now. So I'm going to put my brave face and go forward. <laughs> that's actually a really good statement. That's <laughs> like, I'm going to process this later with some people. I did, that, right. That's really good. I, that, I'm glad you brought that point up because I think that's huge, whether you're a parent, again, whether you're, you know, whatever, like as a church community, I mean, we've been hitting out on that over and over again, like get it, being in community right now, if you weren't getting into it now, like joining a Zoom community group as a business leader, it's been the same for me. Like I've had connections with, with different leaders doing what like I do similar to you, like all over the country. And that is, I don't know what I would have done in this season without those people. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think community is kind of the backbone of what gets us through this right now. Yeah. Um, okay. So a couple more just real quick and, uh, and we'll be done. Cause I'm interested in these last couple of questions of you had, I think an advantage over a lot of leaders because you do so much remotely. So you manage remote. I mean, you were man, you manage multiple people in other States. And so you're ahead of the curve. Uh, I think a lot of businesses, organizations, churches, whatever it is, I think are going to reevaluate how they, manage their teams and how they do different things on the other side of this uh just because it's forced us into trying new stuff being creative heck a lot of people haven't even didn't even use zoom before like seven weeks ago right so <laughs> so my question is what you know and i know you've learned some more stuff over these last so so many weeks but what had you already kind of learned from managing remotely and i guess here would be my question specifically is leading healthy team culture and keeping people aligned when you're not in the same room. So I would love to know about that. Like what have you done or what had you kind of already learned coming into this? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So first things first, welcome to the virtual world. Uh, it's a totally different ball game, <laughs> yeah. um, but it's fun. I think you, I think you're going to love it. Um, so you know, we, we had a few hiccups when we first started because we are completely virtual. So um, while we have, you know, brick and mortar buildings in Tampa and Nashville, um, our team doesn't stay there. So I'm the only one in Tampa. Uh, Haley's the only one in Nashville. Um, the rest of our team, even the ones who live in Tampa, Nashville are remote. Uh, we don't make anyone come in. So all of that to say, um, we do have the advantage of, of having been remote for a few years now, but uh, we had several hiccups going into it. So trying to build a company culture without being physically present uh, was a completely new challenge that uh, Haley and I had never really faced before. Um, and Haley's my COO. I don't know if I had, had uh, introduced those two together, but um, anyway, so we had no experience with this. Um, and I will admit that the first like six months um, we just had such an issue finding and keeping engaged employees because when you're remote, it's like, you know, kind of back burner. You have to, you have to not only manage the team and, and manage the assignments, but you have to make sure that people have a good work ethic, right? And that things aren't waiting until the last minute. And, and it's just this whole other balance that you have to manage now without also being micromanaging. Yeah. Um, 
So we implemented a few things um, right off the bat, which is, you know, every Monday morning we do a production meeting. So we will have everyone, we use Google Hangouts because um, that's my jam. So we will have everyone on a Hangouts call um, at 10 o'clock every Monday morning. And we literally just go through our project management list. And it sounds so boring, but we just call out one by one what assignment everyone is working on that week. And there's two mm. reasons we do that. Um, one is because we're not in the same building. So if someone has a question, they can't just walk over to our office and say, hey, what did you mean by? So it gives us a chance to get on the same page, understands kind of holistically what pieces of the project are being worked on, um, who's responsible for what, and to air out any questions we have in that moment. Um, so it actually spurs on a lot of good creative conversation and brainstorming just kind of organically um, yeah. in those meetings. The other thing it does is hold people accountable because if someone has a late task, it's called out, not rudely, but it's like, hey, like, you know, John, you had this task that was due last Friday. Um, when when can we see that? Because, you know, so-and-so is waiting for that piece to be done before we can move forward. So yeah. it has this piece of accountability in there. Um, again, not to make anyone, you know, ashamed that they've missed a deadline, but it it just kind of organically builds that accountability into getting your work done and getting it done well. Um, because if it's not, it's going to naturally be brought up in that conversation. And that's, in, that's really embarrassing. So <laughs> everyone avoids that. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> um, wants so, that. We've all been there. Yeah. yeah. No one wants that. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we've started doing is every Friday. Um, and again, this was Haley's idea because she's just so in tune with how to build a company culture. I'm so thankful for her. Um, but every Friday at 4.30, um, it's, we drop all work and we do a virtual happy hour. So everyone hops on and it's like no business conversation whatsoever. So you do that every week? Every week. I'm, yeah. Every I'm sorry to interrupt you. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. Go for it. Um, yeah. Every Friday at 4.30, you can bring your own wine or not. It's whatever. Um, I usually show up with a Pellegrino because I have a baby at home. So that's yeah. where we're at. Um, <laughs> all the Baptists on here, just insert whatever. Okay. Coca-Cola. Yeah. Milk, coffee, it's fine, right. whatever. But, <laughs> fine. Fine. but um, yeah, so we show up with uh, anything that we are drinking um, and we just chat for half an hour. So from 4.30 to 5 o'clock, and it's just a nice way to cap off the week, to detox if we've had a stressful week. Um, and really, you know, there's no work allowed. So we get a chance to really know each other really well, mm, uh, which good. again, yeah, it, and it bleeds into those Monday meetings too, because as you build more trust and you build more camaraderie with your team, people are more open to sharing their ideas during during brainstorming. And, you know, they're more gung-ho into these projects because they understand on a personal level how their piece affects the team. And so it becomes less business and more like we are a team and we are a community striving toward the same the same thing. And so as we build those relationships, um, it just really kind of builds that bond. So when we hit these seasons, um, it's less shaky because I can go to my team and say, look, like transparently, we're okay right now, um, you know, but we'll let you know if something shifts. And, and here's kind of where we have answers. Here's where we don't. Um, and one thing that we have done in this season, specifically virtually, um, is, is like I mentioned, we do a 9 a.m. check-in where it's just 15 minutes where we just hop on a call and just do a pulse of how everyone's feeling. Mm. Um, we have a lot of projects that are changing rapidly. Like I think most people are right now. I know center point has had a ton of just like last minute, immediate things mm -hmm. that are shifting that are unexpected. And so it gives us a chance to talk through those shifts again, without, you know, having to slow down projects. It gives an opportunity for people to ask questions, but it also just gives a chance for us to say good morning and drink coffee together and just breathe for a minute yeah. before the day starts. And it gives people a chance to look at our faces and say, okay, they're calm. 
it's a good day. Like nothing crazy is happening in the backgrounds. Like, and it just builds in that extra piece of comfort. And I think stability that people are just craving right now. Yeah. So that's a that, that is so good. And I've stolen several of those ideas from you of now we're fully, you know, obviously we've been fully remote. So the check-in idea on Mondays, we do a really similar thing. So that, that's really good. And the thing that you said, and I'll, I'll just ask you one more question, but the thing you said a second ago, I think that was really, um, I think really telling is the fact that you had done that and laid that groundwork is what has caused you to be really effective in this season. Um, and again, not to keep quoting Patrick Lencioni, but I, I just happened to hear him a little bit yesterday. We were talking about the fact that like, you know, so many years ago, organizational health wasn't even really talked about, you know, there was a lot of leadership stuff, but not, and now there's been several even healthcare companies or some of the companies on the front end of, of researching a solution to all of this. And they talked about the fact of their investment in organizational health and building trust within a team. It's caused them to um, be much more efficient and, you know, work together towards solutions because it's everything when you're hammering out ideas and trying to, you know, the fact that you've already built trust with that team. And I know you've done that really, really well. So here's my, my last question for you, just for anybody that's watching this. Um, so if you're working remotely, so for a lot of people, you know, they're thrust into remote working for the first time. So whether you're a, a leader or a manager or middle management, or just, you know, uh, you're an employee where everybody in your company is now working from home. Do you, and I, I think this even, um, this even I can bleed into parenting. Cause I know you're, working from home, you're parenting, you're trying to, you know, figure all that out. Like my wife's homeschooling two of our kids right now, crisis schooling two of our kids right now. And I'm upstairs in my office and just all the lines are blurred with all that. So all that to say, what advice would you give people who are doing this for the first time, working remotely for the first time, how to be effective, how to kind of walk through this season? Yeah, so I think um, there's a couple things that I've learned. Um, I admittedly have learned the wrong way or the hard way yeah. <laughs> in all of this. Um, one is that um, I am a very scheduled person. So the best thing that I can do in this season where I don't have an office to go into and there's really, there's no way for me to compartmentalize when I'm home being home as a wife or when I'm home being home as a CEO. Um, there's no real way for me to compartmentalize that except to change my environment. And so what we've started doing, which sounds ridiculous, but really has helped, um, is in the morning, you know, Ryan and I will get up and we will take the dog and the baby out for a walk. And so we will walk, we will talk, we will be family. Um, and then the second that we walk through that door after our morning walk, I am CEO and mm. I go into the office and I like, I change my, my, um, environment and I come in as a new person. Mm. And so then at the end of my workday, we go for another walk and I can come back in as a wife, because if I don't change my environment personally, I have a hard time shifting my mindset and I parent very differently than I lead a company. It's a, it's a completely yeah. different way of communicating. Um, so that has really helped me um, to just kind of shift. And the other thing that we've learned, um, again, the hard way has been, we have to overly communicate. Like Ryan and I have, we're both balancing new roles. He's stepping in as, as parenting a lot with Olivia right now. Um, and I'm doing more of the, the locking myself in the office, which is yeah. what he used to do. Um, and so we have had to back our communication down to like grade school level of, I am feeling frustrated because, or I am feeling like yeah. I'm not being heard because obviously these are a lot of communications at our home right now, <laughs> yeah. but really backing it down 
is what we were doing before. We're, we're both so um, in transition with these schedules that we weren't processing our emotions. And so when you get someone locked in a home, locked in a, a, you know, a relationship with nowhere to go, when you get frustrated and you're not processing those emotions, things explode. Um, and so we learned that very quickly the first few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And we had to back it down to say, look, I am feeling this because, and, and it forces us to work through our emotions right then and there um, and to make time for that communication. And then we can move forward peacefully. Um, but without that, we're just a train wreck. Yeah. So <laughs> those are the things we've learned. That's really good. I, I love the advice of taking a walk, work day starts, then taking another walk. That those that's that's really, really smart. And that's honestly the first I've heard that particular application. So that's good. It's been good. The other thing that I've been trying, because I know a lot of the household chores have kind of fallen on my plates, um, which is fine because I enjoy them. Um, but when I'm in the middle of a big project, if I get a 15 minute break to clear my head, I'll go fold clothes and then come back and I can come into a new project. So to kind of help the transition, because there's no water cooler to walk to, there's no, like, you can't go to someone's desk and talk for a minute, clear your brain and then come into a new project. So I've been supplementing with like, I'll do dishes for 15 minutes. I'll fold the clothes for 15 minutes. So at the end of the day, I've gotten all of my projects done. I'm clear headed and my house is clean. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Disclaimer, this is not like a... Just to be authentic. Yeah, just to be authentic. My (laughs) house is full of must right now, but on the days that it does happen, it's very helpful. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. That's that's, uh, seriously good (laughs) advice. Um, So... I just want to say, uh, I, you're not, I know you're not going to say this, but I know recently you're featured on Entrepreneurial Magazine, um, I believe it is, which is awesome. So people go check that out. Um, you've been a, a huge uh, help and led behind the scenes with uh, Centerpoint. For those who are watching us connected to Centerpoint uh, and a lot, of, a lot of what we do in reaching our community and communicating to our community. Um, like you've let out on. So anyway, I appreciate um, all that you've done in our community and just uh, your friendship. And the other thing that I want to say is how can people get in touch with you and Virgin company and find out more because they need to find out more about what you guys are doing. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. So one thing that we're really trying to do right now is just be a resource to the community. Um, so we're offering free 30 minute brainstorming sessions um, for really any business, um, any industry. So if people want to learn more about it, uh, you basically just get the chance to sit down with our marketing team and our, our head strategists and figure out how you can do some quick wins um, right now. Because uh, mm-hmm. I think that's what people are looking for most is, you know, less of the long-term marketing success and more of just the quick wins to get us through the season. Yeah. Um, so they can go to burgeandco.com. So B-U-R-G and co. Um, and there's a sign-up form right there on that homepage um, and just sign up for a free 30-minute session. Um, again, we're just trying to bring some value to the community and, and get that rising tide mentality across the board. So. Yeah. What you guys are doing, it's, it's awesome. So go check out Burgeon Company and... Thank you for joining me on um, Unfiltered Talk podcast. But seriously, I think it's really helpful for a lot of people. So I will talk to you soon. Cool. Thanks, Brian. All right. See you, Kelly. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this message or have been impacted by Centerpoint Church in any way, would you consider helping us out in one of two ways? 
first, if you would just spread the word, share this message with your friends, family, maybe you could go rate and review our podcast on your favorite podcast catcher, but this helps us so much more than you know. And secondly, this ministry is supported by people like you through their financial generosity. And so if you've been impacted by any of these messages, would you consider giving to support the mission and vision of Centerpoint to see people reach with the radical grace of Jesus? You can give today on our website at centerpointfl.org. And again, that's centerpointfl.org.